This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Luganville. Thank you very much for joining me. Let's get into this weekend recap and rant by saying bro or lady bro i'm telling you when i say i had a banner day i mean as a couple banner couple days actually but one day in particular was that's a five star i mean man i know i had a day I had a day black this fall that was jam-packed, or I'd, I'd caught some bass, I think, you know, I'd shot some grouse, maybe I shot a goose or two or something like that, I'd like, it was just like an amazing day, right? This is right up there, so uh, I didn't know what I was doing coming up to the weekend, you know, there was, we had some kind of loose plans or kind of floating around in the air, and those didn't seem to be coming to fruition, so, uh, I thought, you know what? And I kind of looked at my my calendar too. That was the other thing. Uh, I looked at my calendar and I got the next like three four weeks can be pretty dang busy. So as far as like just free time, go do what I want kind of stuff. Um, not that I don't want to do the things that are coming up, and I'll get into that. But like just like free time, like doesn't matter I, I could sit around in my underwear eating cheetos all day if i wanted to all weekend long and it wouldn't matter right that kind of 
stuff. Not that I would actually want to do that, but, um, so yeah. So I was like, you know what I'm wanting to do is catch a burbot for like, I always, for for years and years and years, I've been missing out on peak burbot season, eel pout, because I was guiding uh, snow goose hunts in South Dakota, pretty much starting in March. And that's like, you know, like the first of March is pretty much like peak of the eel pout spawn kind of a thing. And that's when, you know, and also you start seeing more pictures too, I think, because uh, the end of February is the end of walleye and pike for the state of Minnesota. The season closes, so eel pout is open year-round. And so then people, I think, to continue their ice fishing addiction, switch gears, either panfish or eel pout. So you start seeing more and more of those pictures as I'm out there chasing the white devil. Uh, and then, like, sometimes just can't do everything you want to do, right? So now this year I'm not guiding uh, snow goose hunts. So I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be able to go chase eel pout this year. It's going to be great. And so I looked at the calendar. I was like, oh, my God, right in peak time, I'm going to be busy again. So when I had this open weekend, I was like, well, it's kind of on the beginning end, but I have been seeing some people catching uh, some eel pouts. So it's not like an impossible task. Like it's it's possible. And, and it, honestly, it's always possible. If you go fishing in any of the lakes that, that have eel pout, I don't care if it's December or January, whatever. Like, it, there's always that possibility that, you know, a random one comes by. It's like, but much like other types of fishing, the closer you get to the spawn, the more activity that fish has, concentrates them into a certain area, your catch rate just goes up. So I'm starting to see these catch rates kind of start going up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to head over that way. If I'm going to head over that way, and by that way, I mean Bemidji. And my good friend, Mr. Patrick Patches Olson from the Lone Angler podcast lives in Bemidji and we've been talking for forever I mean we've done multiple podcasts together Um, we do the Smackdown Outdoors virtual ice show together with Doug but I haven't yet wet a line with Patrick yet and so there's been a lot of talk of doing so Uh, I've tried uh, I know one other time maybe a couple and it's just our schedules have never worked so anyways, I shoot him a text, and lo and behold, he doesn't have anything going Friday night and Saturday. And I was like, how about I swing over there and we go catch some rock bass? Because he's got a juicy, juicy rock bass spot that's got giants in it. I said, and then we'll go catch Barbit that night. Well, he was busy Saturday night, but not Friday night. So, uh, so what I did is I, he's, he was down. So I had to leave work boogie over there as fast as I could. And then, so we fished for a little bit Friday night for rock bass. He brought me out to one of his spots. First drop, boom, just stick. I, I, I don't know if I measured it or not. I probably did. Um, nice rock bass. I can't remember exactly the measurement, but so in the state of Minnesota, we have this master angler program through the Minnesota fishing hall of fame. And each, each species of fish has a, a minimum limit for to um, qualify for a Master Angler Award. And 10 inches is the rock bass, which is a good, that's pretty good rocky. But they do get bigger. And so I think my first one might have been 10 inches. It might just right out of the gate might have been a Master Angler. If not, it was like a solid 9, 9.5 or something. It was, I just remember it being a good fish. And then we just proceeded to beat the brakes off them. 
the rest of the night. And um, so instead of, which that was already like success, right? We caught so many master anglers, some 11 inchers, some over 11 inch. And uh, that, like that night, pfft, awesome. And we weren't going to go fishing that night for Burbit because we plan on doing a podcast. So I was on the Lone Angler podcast. You can check that out. It's live right now. Everywhere you find this podcast, uh, if you're listening to my sultry voice right now, you can also find the sultry voice of Mr. Patrick Patches Olson. Just uh, search the Lone Angler podcast and you will find it. Um, and I always wanted to do an in-person one at his, what he calls it, the Goblin's Den. And so, yeah, I got to finally see the Goblin's Den, sit in, we did a podcast it was a ton of fun. Um, I just always have such a good time hanging out with him, and, and the conversations uh, can get pretty crazy and deep. Now, we stayed, for the most part, on topic of fishing in this one. Um, so if, if you're not familiar with the Lone Angler podcast, uh, well, for one, I urge you to go check it out. It, I, I dig his podcast. It's it's uh I don't know how to like. I want to say it's different, but I don't want to say that. I don't want like people to think like, oh, what you know, different is like a, a code talk for maybe not as good. I love it. Like I, I legitimately love his podcast. I listen to every single episode. I love it. He has his brain works a little differently than most of your like stereotypical upper Midwest cookie cutter stamped like outdoorsman, right? He's he's just. He's a little more fringe, and I love that about him. So he has, uh, he'll do every once in a while an episode which he calls Unhooked, which has nothing to do generally with fishing. Like maybe we talk about it, maybe we don't. And he's had other people on there, it's not just me. But those ones are super fun. So we have a tendency to really go down some rabbit holes, and neither one of us are afraid to just let our mind wander and think of just some crazy theories or conspiracies and not necessarily conspiracies, but just, you know, we'll talk aliens or talk movies and food, you name it, whatever music, maybe like it wide open. So anyways, go check those out. Those are super uh, entertaining, but this one didn't, I was wondering if it was going to kind of turn into an unhooked, but it didn't. It's, we kind of, you know, we strayed a little bit, but we always brought it back. And so we stuck to, to fishing and it was it was a ton of fun. Uh, ate at a local place, some Bidji barbecue place. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, sorry, but it was uh, very good. I had a uh, a smoked brisket chimichanga and had uh, mac and cheese inside and cheese sauce. Dude, dude, that thing was so good. And about the size of a VW Bug. I was only able to eat like half it. It was huge. So I got nice leftovers from that, which is bonus. And uh, so then, yeah, after a, like, three-and-a-half-hour podcast, <laughs> it was late. And uh, so we crashed. We sacked out. Just kind of, we weren't planning on getting up super early. There was really no need, you know, so we kind of just, like, got up at our, our leisure. Um, we put some line on a reel. And then, uh, yeah. We headed out to the lake in search of a 12-inch rock bass, which a 12-incher is a legit trophy rock bass. And uh, he's, I said, he's caught two of them out of this lake, and so I'm like, that is the goal. And, uh, oh, man, we caught so many fish. Again, well, we went to his better spot, in air quotes, and out of the gate it was tough. 
you know, the night before, first drop, boom, and we were off to the races. Well, it took us a while to find the structure that we were looking for. We finally found it, and there were some fish, and we caught, but they just weren't, they were dinkers, you know. I'm like, both of us kind of lost confidence around the same time. We're like, you know what? Let's boogie over this bobby fish last night. You know, there there were some good ones over there. We caught ones that were north of 11, so they're probably a 12 swimming around over there too. So we headed back over there right away, just back on them, just beating the brakes off of them. And it, your mind goes like, how many fish are in this one spot? It's ridiculous. I mean, I should have had a counter. I don't know how many we caught, but it was a lot. And uh, lots of 10s, 10 and a halfs, 11s, 11 and a quarter, you know, 10 and three quarter, 11 and a half. And I caught a beast. And I was like, oh, like, right, just getting my hands on it. I knew it was a PB. And I was like, oh, could this be it? So break out the old catch board, slap that bad boy down, pinch, you know, make sure the mouth is closed. I want a legit, legit measurement on this fish. Pinch the tail, and right, I was like three and a quarter. I looked, oh, like pinch the mouth, pinch the tail a bit. And it was like, you're just like trying to stretch this fish to 12. It was so close. It was like, it was actually past 11 and three quarters. Like I can safely say it was right at 11 and seven eighths. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> so close. Oh, such an awesome fish though, dude. Like I don't, and these fish are just built like tanks, bro. Like there was one I caught Friday night that looked like somebody shoves. I don't even know. It was, it wasn't even that long. I think it might've been a 10 inch or maybe even, you know, might not even have been 10, but this thing was so fat. It looked like one of them goofy goldfish you buy in, in at the pet store. Like this thing was so freaking fat. I took a picture of it. It should be, I think it's on my Instagram, you know, upside down. And it's just, you know, I got pretty big mitts and that thing, like, it's like holding a softball, dude. Like, it's just, massive how fat that thing was and then we caught another one like that um not quite as fast uh fat on saturday but still very fat because uh, uh patrick and i wasn't I don't, it might have been a double or it might have just been he caught one the night like the next second i caught one but we went over and his was 10 and a half or 10 and three quarter I put mine down 10 and three quarter they were like mirror image and the one I had was that big fat belly on it, and his was like a normal one. And the normal ones were—they're still like super stocky, but these other, these like extra fat ones—I don't know if they're full eggs, if they had just eaten—I don't know what the deal was, but just fat AF. So much fun, and I was using my school. You know, he tried to spoon, uh, spooning them a little bit, and they just—I think he caught a couple on it, but it just wasn't working that much and he and he told me about that he's like you know the, there's a bunch of fish here but they don't like just smack it like normally rock bass do and you know at this point i'm gonna i'm gonna deviate just a little bit for those of you that are already rolling your eyes you're getting ready to tune out it's like is this dude really talking about rock bass yeah yeah i am because they are a very underutilized underappreciated fish these things they they generally bite readily they they get big because nobody keeps them. They they fight good. I think they look cool. They look like little freshwater groupers. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot to like about these little guys. And I don't care what you say. Right now, in the back of your mind, you're thinking they're trash fish. 
And then I know you've heard this. You've heard that they don't, and you're probably saying, oh, but they don't taste any good. If you're thinking that in your mind, now ask yourself, have you ever actually eaten one? Have you ever actually kept one and filleted it and tried it? Or are you just regurgitating stuff that you've been hearing your whole life from other anglers who also, more than likely, have never cleaned one and never eaten one? I don't know why, like, the outdoor realm, the sportsmen, the sportswomen, like, these kind of things, they just perpetuate. It's it's kind of nuts. Like, it just goes long. And you'll get, oh, yeah, they're, they're wormy. They're no good. Here's the deal. Do rock bass get wormy? Absolutely. But you know what else gets wormy? And I don't hear anybody ever complaining. And they're the same exact parasites as yellow perch. And bluegills get the black spot uh, parasites, you know, just on the skin. They get that too, just like perch. Okay, yep. Rock bass get that too. And rock bass also get those little white grubs. Generally don't see those in bluegills. But you do see those in perch. And I don't know of anybody who doesn't eat those because they have grubs. So it's they're the same as perch. Everybody raves about how great perch are. And then they just throw shade at the poor old rock bass. And, you know, whatever. Keep thinking that. because And keep throwing them back because then there's bigger ones for me. We didn't keep any of this trip um, mostly because they were, like, big and I just didn't want to. <laughs> also, you know, just that w- wasn't that wasn't a meat mission. It was on a quest for a donkey. And, I mean, it's hard not to consider an 11, 11 and a half a donkey because it is. Those are, I mean, anywhere else in the state, that's like, that's solid. Like I said, 10 inches of master angler. And I can't tell you how many master anglers we caught. Like a bunch. Probably a dozen, the, the at least a dozen Friday night and a, at least another dozen Saturday. And then we had, you know, a handful, six or so. Might even be more than that. Probably conservatively, like maybe a dozen both days combined over 11. Like just huge ones. And then capped it off with that 11 and 7 eighths. Just, and you know what else is crazy about it? No other bycatch, which is kind of funny because most people would consider rock bass a bycatch when you're fishing for something else. But the goal was rock bass, and we only caught rock bass, nothing else. They're not not a, and so and I had asked Patrick, and he said, yeah, sometimes he catches a you know he's got a couple random crappies, and he's like, there's not many of them in the lake, but they're good. And he said they were like a 13 and a 14 inch, so like really good ones. Um, but yeah, no bluegills, no perch, which is kind of crazy. You think it pretty much anywhere you catch those stupid little perch. Although if I was a little perch, I wouldn't want to hang out with a, a herd of rock bass because those things would probably eat you. I mean, I catch rock bass in the summertime when I'm fishing for bass, and I'll catch them on a jig, I'll catch them on a senko. Like these things, they got a big mouth on them relative to the size of their body, and they are not afraid to eat. Um, they they grub. And so your rock bass, your party crappies, whatever you want to call them, uh, freshwater groupers, rockos are probably what I refer to uh, affectionately the most. So much fun. And let me tell you, dude, my hands are tore up. Because those things, like, here's one thing about cleaning those things. They'll they'll kill your flay knife. Because they, they are... You can tell these things, the way they're built, they're stocky, they're meant to swim around rocks and timber and docks and just like they're on there looking for crayfish and probably other sorts of bugs and they're built for it. But and and I suppose to protect them from the rocks and stuff, I'm not sure, but they have like their scales are way tougher than any other bluegill. You know, any other pet like crappie for sure. Like crappies like you look at them wrong and their scales start falling off. Not these things, man. These things are like little armor-plated 
badasses, dude. <laughs> I love them. My hands are ripped up. And I looked down one time and there was blood. I was like, that from the fish or is that me? I was like, oh, it's for me. I must have got caught on a gill or a spine or something. Didn't even feel it. I had no idea. So, of course, now it's all sore today. I got another, like, a, a spine poke, I think, in my finger or something. I don't know. And my hands are just rough from, from handling so many rock bass. It was like pretty much the equivalent of bass thumb in the summer is rock bass hands in the winter. Like, it was, dude, it was so freaking awesome. And then originally my plan was, like, do that, and then I was going to, boogie up to Winnie and go go for eel pout because that's what I you know obviously that was high on my list and uh but I was having so much fun catching these rock bass like the day just kind of it started to get late um but we got there and we were we were pretty much done um I just had a ball it was just so much fun good laughs and just hanging out with Patrick and t- that was just god it was so great and I'm like, you know what? I think I can still make it. You know, and, and it'd be nice to get to the lake with some light, but is it really needed? You know, I wasn't really planning on, like, Baja on it anywhere. I was just going to take whatever plowed roads on Winnie they had and, and find the best spot I could um, and give it a shot. So I was like, you know what? I think I can make it. And so we took off. We ended there. I took off. Patrick went home. I made it about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes out of town when I realized I left my uh, phone charger and my Apple Watch at Patrick's house. So I had to turn around, go back and get that. That's not helping me get there with <laughs> before the sun goes all the way down. And, uh, yeah, I did not get to the lake. It was, like, it was well after sundown. Still a little bit of light when I got on the, the lake, but it was, like, five minutes later. It was dark, you know. So I had picked a spot out on the map and – you know, I'm kind of a slave to where these roads go, but there was, I was surprised. There was like, these roads go way out. And for how shitty the snow conditions and ice conditions have been all year, I was like super surprised. They had like really nice roads going out of Nodax. Like, was not expecting that. Because first I went to um, a public landing and, you know, I kind of was like, boy, they know that lake doesn't look that bad. And I walked out onto it and I'm like, I think I can kind of go wherever I want. But, getting on the lake was the sketchy part like that deep that snow was a little bit deeper and i was just like mm, i better not or <laughs> i'm gonna get stuck and not only get stuck i'm gonna block the landing for other people and it's just not and my luck with getting stuck this year let's not risk it so i'm like nah, screw it we're gonna go out of note axe i'll just use their road so I get on the road and i'm driving out and it goes way out and then i kind of see like I can see headlights from other vehicles kind of coming at different angles. I'm like, well, it looks like there's another road that I could take to the west. I wanted to get to this particular spot that I kind of found on the map. And so I went that way a little bit and couldn't quite get to where I wanted. But, again, I looked at the the lake and I was like, you know, if I can find a spot to get through the plow wash, I think I can drive wherever I want. So I found a spot that I could bust through, and I did. And then, yeah, I could get around the lake just fine. And so I went to my first spot and uh, set up, drilled a hole, uh, drilled a couple holes. I was going to have a dead stick down, and then I was going to have a jigging spoon in the other hole. Get the set line down, dead stick down. And, like, as it's dropping down, I see a mark show up right away. I was like, oh, no way. And uh, set the hook, boom, uh, 
caught a little walleye, <laughs> like a little, uh, I don't know, 14-inch or something. I'm like, huh, look at that. So this might be a good spot. And uh, so I let him go, and and I was just planning on fishing. I just fished for my truck, like literally just kept the truck running, jigging right from the driver's seat. Um, it was badass. It was nice and warm. Like, I don't, it was, well, that day it got up to 40-whatever, and then I think, you know, after dark, it was hovering right around like 32, 33 degrees. Um, still plenty nice, you know. So I sat there and jigged a little bit. Um, I think I'd gotten bumped once or saw another another mark that didn't hit or, you know, reeled up my jig to see if, or my spoon to see if I, that's what happened. I reeled up to see if I had bait on, and I did. And once I was all the way, like, as soon as I got all the way out of the water, all of a sudden I see this mark show up on the bottom. I'm like, oh, crap. I still had bait on, so like by the time I got back down there, he was gone. You know, I'm looking over at my dead stick, hoping that would go, and it didn't. Um, so I sat there for quite a while, and then uh, just talking with Patrick because he's got more experience chasing them things down. You know, I kind of showed him where I was at. He's like, ah, I think I'd go a little deeper or get closer to a break. I was like, okay, well, I was on a little. Of course, I was using Navionics. We all know how accurate or not accurate that freaking app can be. And so I was kind of on this little flat kind of mid-depth flat in a little bit from the, the steep break he's like i would just get closer to the edge or find a different spot so i kind of went back to the map and i looked around i'm like well i did have one sighting i'll mean, just stick it out here and then that mar sat there i was like kind of talked myself into moving it's like you know what i caught one wall here but haven't really seen anything marked another one what do i got to lose right let's just it's either gonna be the same or better it can't really be much worse so looked at the map i found this little spot that the, the brake line was pretty steep and this little tiny indention and in my mind and i don't know i can't really confirm this in my mind it kind of looked like one of those things like you know if you look at a plateau um like on, on dry land like earth and you get the like uh, water ravines you know the the just erosion right they create those little ravines in there well you get those underwater too and those connect as like traveled corridors for things that are coming up out of the deep water to feed on on a flat or something like that so in my mind it made sense that okay this could be one of those things was it i don't know so i got back on the road and i went towards it and the road went like well it was actually a series of road i ended up taking another side road and it brought me really close to where this was and i could see some old holes i was like all right there's activity here that's good there's something here but they weren't they were relatively shallow, like in 14 feet of water, and I wanted to get deeper. So according to Navionics, I got to where it was like uh, 17, said it was like 17. No, it said it was 20 feet, and I drilled a hole, put the vex down, and it was only 17. So I drilled, you know, so Navionics in full Navionics fashion was not entirely accurate. So I went out, and I just kept drilling holes, and then I got found it. I didn't even have to go that far, so I was really close to the brake line. And then it was like... Um, 28 feet so then i kind of split the difference and i found a spot that was 20 it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna try here I sit up there caught another caught another little while another 14 incher and i'm like all right well this is you know win lose or draw i'm gonna stick it out here we're gonna see what happens and it wasn't too long uh maybe an hour or so all of a sudden nope, i'm marking one and i'd gotten bumped earlier which is funny because uh, Patrick and I were talking about that, and he was like, you know, they'll come up and they'll thump you, but they're kind of just slapping it with their tail because they're blind, they can't really see anything. And um, and I, you know, I felt the hit set the hook, and boom, that thing was gone. Thought maybe I could 
coax it into coming back, but it didn't. I was like, oh, got one of those bumps exactly like he was talking about. So I kept fishing, and I get another mark, and then, you know, thump, kind of let him keep it a little bit, and then set the hook, reel it up. Sure enough, got my burb. I was so freaking happy. Um, if you don't, if you're on Snapchat, you'll see my story. I just, you know, turn my headlights on and use the light of the truck. This not the greatest pictures or videos of all time, uh, lit up via the truck headlights, but hey, it got the job done. I got back down there and like, uh, no, the first one that didn't happen. So I caught that one. Another, I don't know, 45 minutes or so goes by and I get another mark, jig, 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 uh, it comes up, bump, set the hook, boom, another one. So I got two of them like, yes, get back down there, double up. Like the moment, like as soon as, you know, I did all my picture taking and all that, blah, 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 get back down there. So I don't know how much time transpired. Rebate, get back down there, like instantly another one shows up. I was like, oh, sweet, boom, set the hook on that one, reel that one up. I Next thing you know, I got three of them sitting there on the ice. I'm like, yes, like that's what I want. Like I was like, should I go now? Because in my mind, I was thinking, all right, I could either just spend the night on the lake in my truck, just sleep in my truck, because um, part of me really wanted to go back and catch more rock bass and try again for another 12, but I was like, I really beat on those fish, like, bad. So I probably should give them a break. Um, but I was like, well, we'll see. If It depends on how – if I get enough fish um, to clean – I'll just head back to, to Orr, which is like two and a half hours away. Or sleep, you know, I wasn't sure. Uh, a couple of things, like Tony Tessing was up on the lake with his wife. So part of me was like, well, I could just spend the like, night here and then go knock on his door in the morning and have a cup of coffee with uh, old Tony from uh, Hometown Hero Outdoors. So that was kind of a... a a little carrot dangling in front of my face. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I said, well, you know what? This is so much fun, and I feel like I'm in a good spot. I'm, I'm just going to keep fishing. I missed another one, and then I don't know how much time went by, and then all of a sudden I caught one more. I had four. I'm like, that. you know what? Four is good. That's that's what I'm going to keep. And then I just kind of thought I, it was like 11, quarter after 11. I fished for a little bit after that fourth one, and that's when I was just like fishing while debating what I should do. Oh, man, I, just, I still was, like, very tempted to stay just so I could drive back and catch more rock bass. But I was like, you know what? It's quarter after 11. Not going to get home too really late. But I'm really not tired either. Like, screw it. Let's pack up. Let's, might as well just go and I sleep in my own bed. Because I was like, that was the other part. I was like, sleeping in my truck? How comfortable is that going to be? Not at all. Do you know what kind of sleep I'm going to get there? Not good at all. I'm not one of these people that can just sleep anywhere. I, I can't. I have a hard enough time getting a good night's sleep in my bed, much less a truck seat. So, so that's what I did. I packed up and I headed headed home. So, Because what I wanted to do, what I've been wanting to do for so long is, you know, everybody calls the eel pout, and I shouldn't say everybody, but it has this nickname of poor man's lobster, which... It doesn't taste like lobster. Let, let's not kid ourselves. If it did taste like lobster, this, these things would be in stores. They would be commercially harvested. Like, forget about it. They they don't. And people, and another thing, like, people poach them in, like, 7-Up or Sprite. I think that's how they get the the lobster term because probably the sweetness of that 
soda is kind of gets in the flesh and whatever else and they do when they cook up they do have a little bit firmer texture than say your other game fish um and i've eaten them before I've, i just bread them and fry them like i do anything and they they taste just fine so um but i always wanted to just make kind of play on that poor man's lobster make a poor man's lobster bisque but i wanted to start with making my own stock fish stock instead of you know buying it or whatever so i finally caught some fish got to go burbot fishing caught some burbs had four of them which was perfect amount because you know these fish are decent size but they really don't have a lot of meat on them they're they're like all gut and um so i clean them up um I also kept the livers. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with that a little bit. That's that's the next experiment. I know you're thinking gross, but I kept livers from um, some crappies I'd caught. And so I so last week I think it was last week, and I'm not sure I talked. I think I talked about this. I kind of rough drafted the bisque recipe with these crappies and making a stock, and it worked out good. So I was like, okay, great. Because my fear was when I finally got to go pout fishing, I'd catch some, and then I would try this, and I would screw it up, and then it'd be like, now i got to wait another year. So that was good that I did that rough draft. Um, so that's what I did. I cleaned them up, and I made a fish stock. It turned out great. I made the bisque. Also turned out great. Dropped the meat in there, like poached it right in the, cooked it right in the bisque, and it turned out very, very good. Super delicious. And uh, so now I'm excited about trying these burbot livers i know it sounds gross but i'm telling you you know you can go to the store and you can get cod liver and this is just freshwater cod you can get canned cod liver you can get cod liver oil like all that stuff um that's what this is pretty much you know what's interesting is their livers are big compared to most fish's liver and it's also a totally different color it's like um an off-white pinkish you know, whereas the livers that like a walleye or crappie, whatever, they're more what you would think liver would be pinker, more red, you know, and those taste great. So I, I'm expecting this to be pretty good. So I've been watching some YouTubes and looking at some recipes and how to make a liver pate and different ways to eat cod liver. And they're using this stuff out of a can and making it taste good. So this fresh stuff, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be pretty bomb and I'm gonna, be, it's gonna be, I'm gonna be happy to experiment with this because what I would like to do is find a recipe or find a concoction, and I might have to make one. I have something in my head that I'm gonna try that I didn't see, I haven't seen a recipe before. Just I, I think it's gonna be good, so I'm gonna try that um, this week. And if I can perfect it, or I can, it, maybe it just works. I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna make some of this, a bunch of it, and then serve it for my family or friends or whatever. But not. So keep this in the back of your mind if you're at my house and there's some mystery meat. just might be this. But I'm going to make some, like, orders, put on, like, a charcuterie board or something like that, and then just let people eat it and then tell them what they're eating. Otherwise, you know, they're just going to be like, oh, gross. I'm Half the people won't even try it because I don't know what kind of – it's a weird thing. Like, there's a bunch of people out there that are just, like, they're grown kids. No, I'm a grown kid. Like, I'm pretty immature, and I like to have fun. But when it comes to eating stuff – I'm pretty adventurous culinarily because there's a lot of good foods out there that a, as a kid or even as a younger adult, I wouldn't I wouldn't have tried either. But once I kind of got out of my comfort zone and I started trying stuff, no matter what's in it or what it sounded like, whatever, I discovered a lot of really, really, really good food. So here's the thing. If you're kind of one of those people that are kind of, you're not very food adventurous, 
what do you have to lose? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You go, ugh, and you spit it out. Big deal. Wash it down with some beer or wine or whatever and move on with your life. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But trying to get somebody to try something is like pulling teeth. Like, they just dig in and fight you, just like trying to feed your kid peas or something. Like, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And if I'm being honest, I'm judging you. If you do that, I am totally judging you. I'm just like, dude, grow up and just try it. Like, you have nothing to lose. You might just discover something really awesome, and you're only denying yourself the pleasure of it by not even trying it. And again, worst case scenario, you go, yuck, wash your mouth out, rinse it down with whatever else, and, and move on. Not the worst thing in the world. So, I mean, unless you're allergic to something, but I'm not sure I know of anybody that's allergic to fish or fish liver or whatever. But And fish liver is super good for you. Healthy-wise, it's uh, full of vitamin A and full of vitamin D, which is one of the it's one of the few food sources that you, where you can get vitamin D from. Generally, we got to get it from the sunshine, but you can actually get it from eating this. It would be like a great food to have in the wintertime, and we're stuck not getting the sun's vitamin D, and we can actually ingest it. So so you got that health aspect of it too. Um, but I'm more interested in how it tastes. So that's, that's going to be another experiment. Uh, I'll let you guys know next week how that turns out. And I made a TikTok video of my whole process of making my bisque. I released part one today. I'll do part two tomorrow or whatever, or part two when you're listening to this. Because um, it was just took that long. I didn't really mean to make it part one or part two, but it, it was a lot. So, And in, in prime Dale recipe fashion, I'm just telling you right now, um, I don't do measurements. All right, there's no like quarter cup of this, two teaspoons of this. I'm just like, psh, 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 uh, needs more of this. <laughs> so, so sorry for someone that needs to follow a hardline recipe. I got bad news for you. Just that it, that's not it. Uh, you know, I've always heard that like cooking is art and baking is a science, and I've found that to be pretty true. Like you can't really just like shoot from the hip when you're baking because if you don't put the right exact right ingredients the thing doesn't rise or it rises too much or, you know, it's like that's a science, but cooking, you know, you, you, you cook to taste. Once you get like the basic like techniques down, sauteing onions, you know, whatever sauteing is, not that that's hard, but you know, you learn that making a roux, you know, like this, this recipe calls for a roux. And if you don't know what a roux is, basically it's just uh flour and fat. So I take some butter and then you, you cook the flour in the butter. You make it like a paste and it's a thickening agent. You know, you, you could do that. I suppose if you're gluten intolerant, you could just use cornstarch to thicken it up. But I prefer making a roux. Um, you get gives it another depth of flavor too. You kind of get a little nuttiness from the cooked flour that you wouldn't get with cornstarch. But, anyways, I digress. So it turned out really good. And yeah, so that was just. Like, part of the other reason I wasn't tired at quarter after 11, after, you know, when I woke up at, like, 6.30, just because it got light and I woke up, because that's what I do, even though we went to bed fairly late. I think I'd be dead tired, but I was so jacked up from that day, catching all those Roccos, from catching four eel pout, I was on cloud nine. I was so freaking happy. I'm still freaking happy. Like, it, it was awesome. The bisque turned out, like man, what is not to like about that? And so I think that's the other reason why I wasn't tired. I was just jazzed up, man. And so, yeah, I drove home, went to sleep, uh, didn't set alarm, woke up. You know, I was going to go fishing out here. 
on Pelican on Sunday, but you know, he spent, uh, it didn't take that long, but I, I just, I was relaxing. And, uh, you know, I worked on that bisque a little bit and then I, I killed the heat. And I'm like, you know what? It was so nice outside again, sunshine, 40 degrees or 42 degrees, whatever it was. I'm like, dude, I was just feeling lazy. It's like, I should pretty, I should go fishing. So I went packed up and I, I went for a little hike on the lake, found a spot, set up, drilled around, marking these fish and they would not bite. It was really pissing me off. And then finally I, I caught one of those little crappie, maybe like a 10 inch or something like that. And I let that thing go. And then, what was funny before I even started like I was just getting holes drilled and you know finally found where I was set up and it was like I shouldn't even have been out there it's one of those days like uh the line kept snagging on stuff uh hooks in my pocket hooks like it's like oh my god so while I'm fiddle fucking with all this stuff all of a sudden this four-wheeler or not four-wheeler snowmobile comes zipping out at me I'm like this dude's headed straight for me I'm like it's going to be one of those things where this local is like, get off my spot or something. And I'm like the only person on this half of the lake, like literally in a 360 degrees on this big lake, I cannot see another soul. I don't even see a four-wheeler traveling at like nothing except for the ones coming straight at me. So this snowmobile gets up to me and I'm, he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, waiting. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm the DNR out here. I'm like, oh, okay, checking licenses. I had to fish my license and finally found it and he's like how's fishing i'm like i wouldn't know i'm not down yet i said and i showed him like a hook stuck in my pocket i'm like this is kind of how it's starting he's like oh okay so i get my license all good and he takes off and that's pretty much it oh i did say you know I'm like oh what's your name he's like troy i'm like yeah we talked on the phone already i'm the one with the four-wheeler stuck in the woods he's like oh yeah yeah what are you doing with that i said well nothing right now i, mean, I gotta wait till spring he's like yeah yeah probably like, oh, don't worry, I'll get it. Yeah, we'll, we'll follow up on it. And then he he took off. But he just sat there. I'm like, I mean, he must have just been checking snowmobile trails or something because <laughs> I looked around. I was like, I am the only person out here. And I guess got checked by the DNR. But I, I'm never mad about that. I like seeing their presence out there. That's fine. And honestly, I think he was more surprised to see me than I was to see him because he was like, did you – walk out here i'm like well, <laughs> do you see any snowmobile or four-wheelers or tracks of said like nobody even dropped me out like what uh yeah i think you could have done that detective work yourself so he kind of he must think i'm a weirdo or whatever but yeah, he's not wrong so he took off and then i caught that little crappie and i was like you know the sun was starting to get a little bit lower and i'm like well because i walked almost like nine tenths of a mile to where i was fishing it's like well a little bit of a walk back. Let's head back. And I was, I was just kind of over it. You know, I'd had such a good day the day before that, you know, busting my ass to catch one crappie. Just, it just, it wasn't doing it. I was also pretty tired. Um, and I had to finish the, the biscuit stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to head back. So I headed back, fired the stove back up, got that going, finished my recipe, finished my little videos and all that stuff. And then, uh, sacked out i was shot <laughs> just just wore right out oh so much fun though god you just you don't get too many days like that man and i, and I just let's reflect on it and just really appreciate it I really had a fun time hanging out with patrick um 
might be two and a half hours away, but the drive isn't really that bad. And if you were rewarded like that at the end of it, totally worth it. Like just had, had, had a really good time hanging out with, with Patrick. So go check him out. Lone Angler podcast. If you haven't already. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's that. <sighs> good weekend. So for my rant, you know, I fired up old Facebook here. Follow us under. You can't please. You just, there's, there's no pleasing people. So I see that the MLF has uh, gone to the Big Five format. And, of course, this person's like, why did they do that? I really like the old style. And th- this is where it falls under the you can't please everybody. Because I remember when MLF first fired up and people were watching it and it got popular. And then all of a sudden, you know, the haters came out and they were like, oh, anybody can catch one-pound fish. And I think that now they've raised it to two pounds to, to be a weighable fish. And... um it's like, oh, it's just, it's harder to catch five big ones than it is to catch a hundred little ones. And, you know, here's the thing. It's just different, right? Like, you're not wrong. I mean, but it's di- it's, it's just a different skill set. It's still who can catch the most. It's still a skill. Like, I don't know. And I've always liked it. I, I've always been vocal about that. I'm like, it, it's a, it's new. It's, it's different. It's interesting. And variety is the spice of life. Like, here's the thing. Nobody's forcing you to watch it. You know, go watch if 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 you like the big five, just go watch the Bassmasters. You know, or any number of the other professional trails out there that all do the big five. Like, go watch that if that's what you like. Nobody's forcing you to watch MLF. I don't even know why you're bitching about it. Just if you don't like it, don't watch it. And then there was enough, you know, talk. There was talk about them changing. I think the anglers got together. They allegedly they voted on it and they went to this big five. And so now people are complaining, which, honestly, I kind of see their point. Like, what got them attracted to MLF was this way everything kind of format, and then now they're going away from that. And that was kind of my response to it. I'm like, you know, what's the point of having another Big Five circuit? Like, just... You know, and I don't know, maybe they're trying to get out. Maybe this is, maybe MLF will disappear and and these, you know, because there's some people that have, they were in MLF and then they left MLF because they, you know, maybe the money wasn't there. They wanted to go back and and chase the money and BASS. I'm not sure all that drama. But for me, as a consumer, I like them both. And And I like having a choice. Like, what's the point of having two of the same, you know, it's like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, I guess. I don't know. The same format, and maybe you have a preference. Maybe the announcers make it better or the way they edit it. I don't know. But it just to me, it just doesn't seem like it makes much sense to have more of the same out there. I. It'd be one thing if, like, maybe they did both. You know, like, if MLF did, like, I don't know. Maybe they had some. They still had some that were catchway release and some that were big five i don't know i like that format i really do and i look like locally classic bass here does that and i'd love to be in, a, in an event like that it's just it's a different style of event and i think it's interesting like you have strategically you have to go about it differently you know because i feel like it adds more strategy to it sure you could go catch you know, let's say um, 
three, four pounders and get 12 pounds, right? That's, or you have to catch 12 one pounders or six, two pounders. If, if two pounds is the minimum or whatever. So it kind of changes and it's going to change by lake, right? Depending on what that lake, you know, what's that lake's top end or what does it have? Like, are you just going to beat up on a, a, try to find a school of two pounders and, and put as many in the boat as possible. You know, that sounds easy, but on tournament day, like if they're not schooled up tight like that, is that really your best move? Or are you better off going and finding something like pretty much fishing like you're fishing for the big five, but you're going to, you're going to be picking up weighable fish the entire time. You know, uh, you don't have to be a mathematician to see that, you know, three, three and four pounders are going to add up a lot faster than you have to catch a hundred one pounders or a hundred two pounders or whatever. Right. Like, so it's different. There's strategy involved. I feel like there's, there's a strategy involved and, and I've always just liked it, appreciated it, you know, and the guys that could crack that nut, you know, and, th- and there's something else to be said too. It's like, you see the guys at the top, these were some of the same big names that you would see at BASS cash and checks with the big five. So it's still, like that just proves that it's that is still a level of skill that is still a marker for who's the better angler you know the the detractors of the way everything format made it sound like any 12 year old off a dock could compete no you you can't and like i say to the walleye guys that throw shade at bass and like oh any child can catch a bass blah 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 it's like hey if it's so easy i don't know why you're leaving all this money on the table go join a bass circuit and take their money if it's that easy go do it and of course it's not that easy is it generally easy to catch a bass off a dock sure but you're going to be catching little dinkers for the most part you know it's like it's i don't know the wallet guys just think they're all that in a bag of chips and sorry if you are one but there's a reason I'm not drawn to it <laughs> it's just it's not it's just not that fun i get like figuring out the puzzle like honestly i get that i get that draw um but the fight is like eh, they're all right and but the fishing style just isn't there for me and maybe i'm too adhd maybe i do need to be entertained a little bit more and that's why i like bass fishing but it is what it is uh regardless it it's similar to that like the big five people, if they're throwing shade on the, the way everything format, it's like, well, if it's that easy, why don't you go make some money? Like, you and your five-year-old enter the tournament and go take this easy money. Clearly, it's not that easy, or people would be doing that. It's still a nice marker of skill. It's a legit marker of skill, and consistently... The best will, the cream will rise to the top, and the best ones win consistently. That's, you know, that's, that's, that is your metric of it's a skill thing. When the same names appear at the top, those are your top anglers all the time. Like it doesn't, doesn't fail. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, reading some of the comments, I think maybe they'll switch back because, you know, maybe people will get bored or, um, again, just a competition. You're offering the same content or the same product, just with a different label. I'm not sure how well that's going to work out, but I guess it'll be an experiment. We'll see. And if the money's not there and they're already fishing Big Five, they're probably going to lose some of their names and they'll just jump jump ship and head back over to BASS. I don't, I don't know. 
then we'll just have to have to wait and see. Or maybe another circuit will fill in that void and start doing the way everything is. Again, personally, I like that format. I I think it's a lot of fun. I like watching the score. Um, you know, it kind of to me, it's more like other sports where you see a running score. It's not like you know. Imagine if like hockey or baseball or football was played with no spectators. You didn't know what was going on. And then you had to wait to see how many goals they scored or how many runs they scored at the end. Like, okay, now we're going to see what the scores are. No, it's fun seeing like a team get ahead, much like the Super Bowl, somebody come from behind and win. Like that whole like sports drama, you get that with um, – the way everything now you I get it they build drama with the big five you know and they'll they'll know somebody I guarantee you they'll know somebody has a big sack and they'll kind of keep them bring them up at the end or whatever you know build drama but it's still you know that's like what 30 minutes of content as you watch the people weigh their bag instead of watching a full eight hours you know checking in of watching this score go up watching the lead change watching this guy make a move and that guy make a move like I just feel like there's more drama in it, and that's what I liked about it. It it made it more like a a real sport, if you will, and I still like it. So hopefully hopefully I'll find something out there. To be honest, I don't really have that much of a horse in the race because I don't watch a lot of tournament angling anyways. You know, I'm too busy doing this, sitting down talking to myself into a big board with a bunch of wires on it. If it comes to like YouTube, like you're like, oh, have you seen this thing on YouTube? I'm like, nope. This is, I'm generally making content and I'm not watching it or listening. I, well, I do listen to a fair amount of podcasts too. So, you know, am I going to lose an ounce of sleep if uh, MLF goes tits up? No. Am I going to lose an ounce of sleep if a new company doesn't come along and, and make a, a whole new way everything format fast circuit? No. I'll move on with life. It'll it'll be fine. But if one does fill in, I'll probably watch them time to time. I'll, I'll watch it like I watch all the things. Like I have the Bassmaster app. Sometimes I'll check it, and and I kind of kind of like just watch the box scores, if you will, and see who won, and kind of still keep my my ear to the tracks to see who's doing good and and whatnot. But I don't like actively tune in and watch these watch these tournaments. So. Anyways, that's what I got for you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate you. Uh, again, go give, show some love to Patrick, the lone angler. Uh, I was also a guest on Doug Glimmerveen's show. Uh, that That's live right now, too, in the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. So if you just can't get enough of me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have multiple outlets this week as I am I have on two separate podcasts, including my own. So, all right, everybody, uh, be safe out there. Good luck. There's still some fishing yet to do. The ice will be around yet for a while. Snow goose season is right around the corner. Well, it's already fired up down south. Arkansas is, is up and running. I'm seeing piles of birds already. So, uh, spring is spring is springing. We shall see. Whatever your passion, whether it's ice fishing, bass fishing, walleye fishing, or shooting snow geese in the face, pursue it full scale.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.